UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And we have a lot to talk about as many changes have been revealed in the Michigan football coaching staff. I think the first thing that we definitely know after being rumored for, for quite a while... Um, Tim Dreveno has left the program. Uh, according to uh, accounts, it was a mutual decision. Um, Andy, and, and you and I have talked about this, the rumors were flying even before the bowl game that, that he was going to be leaving. Um, I think that, that he had the, the look of a deer in a headlight the last month or so at the end of the season. Um, and, and, you know, so, so in the larger context... Um, you know, we talked about how this season was kind of disappointing, um, and in some ways, it kind of reminded me of of where the program was under Hoke after three years. And in Hoke's case, he doubled down and, and kept Daryl Funk, which I think surprised all of us, and brought in Doug Nussmeyer to to oversee the quarterback position. and And we know that that didn't turn out very well. Um, I was wondering what kind of changes Coach Harbaugh was going to make, and um, the big thing is is his friend Tim Dreveno leaving the program. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I'm gratified. I thought that uh, that Coach Dreveno had um, done all he could at Michigan. I thought that the offense was playing lousy at times last year. It wasn't a leader in any statistical category that you can think of uh, nationwide or in the Big Ten. And toward the bottom, and toward being a bottom dweller in that in that category. And part of that has to be Coach Drevno, uh and the play-calling responsibilities that were there, the play play-calling responsibilities that weren't smooth. It seemed like Michigan didn't know at times what it was doing or what it wanted to do and how and how to do it. And uh, maybe they had too many chefs in the kitchen, like many have many have been uh, surmising that that was part of the problem. Anyway, Coach Harbaugh has changed the water on the minis in a significant fashion in as good a manner as that it can be as it can be done. Coach Drevno is uh, moving out on his own accord. He's not being fired. He doesn't have that stigma. And I want to thank the man for what he's done because I know that he uh, tried to do his best, his very best, and it just didn't work out. Sometimes things go like that. But he was always pleasant. He was a good representative of the University of Michigan. And while he wasn't a fabulous recruiter, we may lose a recruiter to uh, because of him being gone now. Anderson, a graduate transfer offensive tackle, hasn't made up his mind yet on that and and was shocked by, the, by Drevno's leaving. But I think that all the criticism that Harbaugh has engendered over the net lately since the bowl loss, a lot of that has been washed out. And he's got a clean shot at a fresh start in the most important year 
of his career at the University of Michigan as its head coach. Uh, of the of the three that he's had, uh, this is going to be, or the two that he's had, this is going to be the, the most important. The schedule is heavy. It's hard. It's tough. And I think uh, that our new strength and conditioning program, you know, where uh, we're going to be talking about bigger, stronger, and all the things that he said after the after the uh, uh, bowl game loss that we needed to improve, he has re- improved, and it's going to be interesting to see how that goes and how the how these people develop physically and mentally for the season. It's going to be an outstanding challenge. Well, to when we're talking about Dreadnought's legacy here, I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now, and offensively, Michigan was 105th in the nation. I mentioned that they were good, and they weren't. Well, and again, that, that puts a metric on it. I mean, you're really talking yeah. about one of the worst in the country. And, yeah. and again, when we're talking about the changes that we've seen under Harbaugh, you mentioned that we have a new strength and conditioning coach. Um, yeah. You you know, we talked about that Drevno is gone. Um, Ed Warner is, is being moved from analyst, and, and according to, to information out on the web, uh, from him on his Twitter bio, he's going to be taking over, over the offensive line. Um, so, so as you mentioned, um, Harbaugh has definitely rejiggered his coaching staff, um, and, and you know there there are some thoughts that things aren't done yet, um, because right now there's no designated offensive coordinator. There are a lot of rumors uh, that was Drevno. He left on Friday. And we still haven't seen a, an official update on, on who will be doing what. But it's definitely um, assured that there will be a different offensive configuration as far as the coordinator and, and play calling than last season. And, you know, you mentioned uh, there's been a lot of thought, uh, conjecture, that there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, one of the main cooks won't be in the kitchen next year with, with Drevno leaving. Um, you know, there are rumors that he's going to be leaving and he's going to pop up at Vanderbilt. That, that's not official yet, but um, he has a kid who's, who's about to play there. So, again, it, this sounds like a, a good move for him. As you said, he, he was a good representative, but when you look at, you know, there's no way Michigan, the University of Michigan football should be 105th in anything. And that's right. I think that one of the things that we see from him is that we can talk about the injuries on the offensive line, but we really haven't seen him develop uh, a top offensive lineman. And, That's right. Um, and, you know, listen, I think that, first of all, Mason Cole came in, you know, before Drevno came in. But, you know, even Mason Cole, Mason Cole is, is, a, is a fine offensive lineman, but he is, not in the, he is not of the caliber of a John Jansen or a Jake Long. And, you know, it, it's probable that he's going to, you know, get a chance to play in the NFL. Hopefully he'll have a nice little career um, and, and, and do very well. But he's not a, a, a building block at the next level yet. And I think that that's the biggest criticism that we can say over Drevno, in addition to, you know, the, the horrible uh, performance of the offense, is we really haven't seen the player development of the offensive line and, you know, we look going back to the Hoke era, 
I mean, you know, there was a lot of thought that going into Hoax last season that he was going to, you know, ditch Daryl Funk. And he kept Daryl Funk and uh, ditched Al Borges and brought in Doug Nussmeyer. And, and again, it was, it was not a good look. Um, and it's interesting now because Daryl Funk's now the offensive line coach of the Purdue. He keeps showing up like a bad penny. So um, he's obviously, you know, he's obviously has some some skills and, and some reputation, but um, you know, not not a lot here. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. So, so Andy, what do you think about Michigan bringing in Ed Warner, who has such a history with a rival, uh, in this case being Ohio State, and bringing him in? Well, he's, he's been all over the place, and he's done well every place he's uh, at, and I think it's it's a, a great a great upgrade for him to be the offensive line coach at the University of Michigan. He has he was at Wisconsin for wasn't he at Wisconsin for a while too, and uh, he make, he likes big strong linemen, and. Uh, we need big, strong offensive linemen. It, it's been a shambles now for about 10 years, and I don't know exactly why we can't seem to recruit as well on offense as we have on defense, but he is supposed to be a very good recruiter, too. So I think there's going to be a, an upgrade in the recruit. The way things are falling out, there's going to be an upgrade for running backs, and for the the rumor was that before last season started that we had really had a great crop of wide receivers, but we didn't have any anybody coaching them except a student assistant, which I think is a mistake, and that's going to be taken care of too. Because right now, doesn't it say that uh, that uh, Jim Matt? McElwain. Yep, Jim McElwain. Is, is the uh, is the man in charge, and I think he'll be out of that right now. Yep, he may so, be so so let's be clear about that. According to uh, reports and according to Michigan's webpage, Jim McElwain is going to be the wide receivers coach. So the question becomes, who's going to be the coordinator? And you know, there are, there are a lot of thoughts that that that, that may be McElwain. Um, again, it's just rumor at this there point. Are, there are some strong thoughts that seem well-founded in that area. So I'll have to say that... But it's not official right now. So. But I have to say, you know, when they brought in McElwain, I was less than a fan. And um, for the reason that, that again, the really the big reason that Drevno was still there is... Again, it's like, oh, another cook to add to a, a, uh, uh, um, a malfunctioning kitchen. Um, right. Now, right. and again, because, you know, again, the rumors were Drevno was going to be gone, and here we are in February, late February, and he was still here. So now it makes a lot more sense that with Drevno moving on, and I, I think you're right, I think they gave him the chance to, to, to pick his own exit. Um, but, but again, the interesting thing will be, um, you know, where does this leave Jay Harbaugh? Where does this leave Pep Hamilton? Um, you know, you don't need to change anything on the defense. The defense is a, is a machine. Um, but you wonder if, you know, you had Dan Enos come here for a, a cup of coffee before he got 
scooped up from Alabama. You wonder if maybe that was a a, a an offensive coordinator in waiting. Um, you know, when when Harbaugh was questioned about that on uh, on signing day, he he was very short to tell he was not pleased by that. Um, so you, you kind of wonder where where things are, and um, you know, the big thing is we're less than a month away from from beginning um, spring practice. And, you know, they made an announcement that the spring game is going to be on April 14th. So you know in the next couple of weeks this is all going to be resolved and all defined. Um, and, and we will know a lot more as far as where everybody's going to fit. But I think the question of the, of the day right now is who's going to be offensive coordinator. That's right. And one other question that looms big, too, is at this point they don't know whether their best talent for quarterback is going to walk through the door and play this fall or not. And that has to be a hardship. They have to have the answers to that before April 14th. And the kind of system that they're going to install will partly depend on on the new quarterback. And if he comes in uh, with a lot of skill at RPO, uh, you know, uh, run pass option uh, kind of skill with uh, with the blocking changed and. And everything, they're going to have their work cut out to get suited to a new, suited to a new system before fall comes around. And fall starts off with a real tough game. I wasn't particularly pleased to find out that they were going to have to go to Notre Dame Stadium to start the year off when the last time we played Notre Dame, it was at their stadium. So I, don't, I still don't understand that, and I don't like it very well, but there's nothing to do about it or anybody else can do about it. It is what it is, but it's going to be a stern test early in the year. It'd be kind of nice if that test came a little later, but it's not going to, and they got to be ready for it. And I, I think they will be. They're making every effort, in my opinion, now. I'm saying that. I've been pretty unhappy, you know, since the last uh, ball game that we lost about the way things were going down there. So maybe this will straighten it out. This is Jim Harbaugh's big year. This is the year that things have to fall in place for him. You know, and I, I think, for the team. Andy, I, I think the biggest thing was the change at strength and conditioning. You know, here, I mean, no matter who the head coach is, and we've heard this, we heard this under Hoke, we heard this under Rodriguez, and, and I think it's true, oh no, I know it's true even now, is that in the off season, the players spend the most time with the director of strength and conditioning. I mean, they're, that's the, the guy who they see every day, if, you know, if not every day, almost every day. And that becomes a really important position to keep guys motivated, to, to help them improve. And I wonder if, uh, if one of the, the problems hampering um, the offensive line um, development was that. Now, you've got to flip that around, though. We, we developed a lot of strength on the defensive side of the line. So, I mean, I don't think it was totally our previous strength and conditioning um, coach's uh, fault. But... No, because I, I think that we have not recruited well when it comes to running backs and offensive linemen for a number of years. There's been a big hole there. And we had a whole class a few years ago that, that didn't turn out. You know, um, 
you know, it, you know, Andy, that's a good point, and, and I'll tell you, I, I, I talk about John Jansen a lot because, um, you know, John Jansen played in high school against the program that that I was helping with. Okay, so I saw him play for two years, and the thing about John Jansen, I remember um, when when Lloyd Carr signed him. Um, he, again, he had a lot of size. Um, he had to he had to build up some strength. But I remember thinking, nice kid. I don't know if we're ever going to see him play. I really thought it was kind of a, a you know, a, a, not a, you know, not a horrible signing. But I, it, it didn't get a lot of the hoopla that that you know you see sometimes now. And, and I always That's say right. that I always say that John Chanson is the reason that I don't know anything about recruiting because. I had no idea, you know, he was going to turn into the player. And not only was he a great player at Michigan, you know, at one time, you know, establishing a consecutive start streak at, you know, on the offensive line, but he went on to be a great NFL player. So, so I guess my thing is that it's not so much. It doesn't bug me that they don't get the that they don't get the highly heralded players. Okay, what bothers me is that we're not seeing anybody explode and develop. Okay, and and again, it's easy to point that we're not getting the four and five stars, but I mean, you look at what what happens in Wisconsin. Wisconsin recruits the guys for their system, and they always end up with good players. And sometimes it's a surprise. The problem we have is I don't even know what we recruit right now. I mean, if you go out, you know, if you're imagine you're recruiting offensive linemen for Michigan, what do you say about our offense? What what do you say you're going to be in? I mean, and I think that. That that's one of the things that not only is laid at Drevno's outgoing feet, but that's really laid at Coach Harbaugh's feet. Because right now, you couldn't, you know, you could not, uh, you could not write a paragraph and, and 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 be clear on what kind of offensive team Michigan is. Okay, and well, that's right. They they don't have they don't have a signature. As far as what kind of outfit they are, and it changed all the time. We're always changing offensive coordinators and style. It changed from coach to coach, and it changed during coaches' uh, tenure. So, and they have not had the quarterback. And that's the key position on a whole football team. The quarterback that they need to do the kind of thing that they have to do. They've been doing mostly with transfers in, or you well, know, and, well, and Andy and I agree. But here's my thing: what are they? What would that quarterback be like? And I think that's my problem: is that you know, and let's go back to the Rodriguez era. You knew exactly what Rodriguez was going to try to do, okay? And now, whether whether it was going to work in the Big Ten, whether it was going to work at Michigan, you darn well knew what he was going to do. Okay, and you knew the players he needed to do it. Um, since then, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, again, looking back, I don't know that we really had a, a plan under Hoke. I mean, you had Denard, who was an amazing athlete, and then you had Devin Gardner trying to do his best job to be Denard, and, and that just that was a bad fit. Um, so you really didn't have a quarterback get developed under Hoke. And as you said, uh, under Harbaugh, you, you've been plugging holes with transfers, and you know I, it still amazes me that we're heading into our fourth season, and there are not two or three awesome top quarterback prospects in the program that we're expecting to fight out 
we're kind of hanging our head on a transfer. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. yeah. And again, I think about it from a recruiting standpoint. You know, how do you go recruit a, an offensive lineman? You know, is this? Oh, come! We're going to run the ball for 200 yards every game, or we're going to, you know, Hoke used to call it a road grader, right? You wanted a big offensive lineman who was just going to, you know, rip holes. Well, you know, I, I'll tell you, it kind of concerned me when um, Coach Harbaugh said, "Boy, did you see how that that Eagles offense ran in the Super Bowl? Boy, we might do some of that." And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I, just do something that works. Just tell me what you're going to yeah. do. And, and there's a certain point of you impose your will, okay? Michigan's defense has a style. It imposes its will, and it finds players, and it and it's going to do what it's going to do. I really don't know what we're doing on offense. I really have genuinely no idea what we're going to see. And, 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 and that does, you know, again, you know, hey, the Eagles played great. Oh, wait a minute. You know, what is this, the offense of the, of the uh, you know, offense of the minute? I mean, it kind of reminds me of, you know, in the very last couple of years under Lloyd Carr, he, he switched up the blocking scheme. And that that really kind of uh, smacked of a little bit of desperation. Um, so, again, I, I, I'm interested to see how this works out. But the, the thing that I do feel good about is that Harbaugh has shuffled his staff. He is not standing pat. You know, not only did they bring in a new strength and conditioning coach, but they built an amazing new facility, upgrade. Facility. So, so oh. definitely they're putting not only their money behind what they need to do, but bringing in a coach to, to oversee it. So, so listen, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I do feel good about, about what he's done. I mean, he's definitely, he's, he's shown And the way that. he did it, the way he did it was uh, good, too. They, they planned ahead with this, and the dominoes are seeming to drop in the right places, and the right things seem to be happening without anybody getting mad or being hurt or fired or any of that. I think that's good. All right. So uh, in As the World Turns here in Michigan, uh, just down the road in East Lansing, out by where you live, uh, the dumpster fire continues. Uh in addition to the scandal invoking uh, over 260 victims of the uh, doctor who was taking advantage of, of young women in the sports program uh, at Michigan State and, the, and in the Olympic program, um, now it turns out that Michigan State has uh, been linked to this massive report that's coming out of, of corruption in college basketball. There are spreadsheets showing um, an agent Putting, giving money and putting money aside for players in the hopes of recruiting them to be uh, to sign with him as, as pro players as they move on. Um, of course, out in, in Lansing, they're sticking their head in the stand and saying, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and, and again, you know, this is bringing up a whole discussion, Andy, of, you know, should players be compensated? Is it fair that players, that, that people in the NCAA make so much money? The reality is, is these are the rules, okay? And here in Ann Arbor, we have seen what happens when you don't follow the rules, okay? Exactly, we were, exactly. And, and again, we have seen, you know, we were witness to one of the biggest scandals in NCAA basketball history, um, the amount of money that Chris Weber took, um, you know, from, from, the, from the gambling guy 
and you know lying all through college and and I mean and not only did it go through the Fab Five, but it even it it, it clung to the program for a few years after that, and the program was laid very low. And, and I will tell you, the one thing that I love about John Beeline is that not only does he not crave the spotlight the way Tom Izzo does, you can be sure that he's building the program the right way. And um, I can live with a little bit less success on, on the court compared to what's happened in Lansing uh, with Izzo to not be linked to this kind of stuff. And, and I don't... I don't know where this is going to end up, but I know that you're out in Lansing and, and you talk to a lot of people and you're kind of at ground zero of the of uh, the Michigan State sport implosion. Um, what do you think about it? Well, I don't feel any schadenfreude. I don't feel any pleasure out of Michigan State's troubles because I think they're bad for college sports and the whole realm of things that I love so much. Uh, but they seem to be self-defeating to me a little bit in their behavior because they have chosen a totally political answer. They've gotten the best politicals like uh, ex-Governor Engler and uh, 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 ex-Governor Blanchard heads up a firm, a firm that is uh, uh, heading their... They're lobbying in Washington regarding this situation, and it seems to me that an honest culture devoid of concealment has not yet been established there. But the ladies, the girls that were uh, attacked, uh, certainly are, are putting up coming out with it, uh, walking out of uh, into the public light with that kind of information has to be hard for them, and I totally admire their guts and ability to do that. In fact, they have done that. But it doesn't seem to me that the situation in Lansing is changing very much. You still have George Perlis on the board of trustees and you know George had his troubles when he was there in the 90s and the whole thing is just added to by this FBI investigation that has uh, mentioned one of their players uh, as getting a small reward, his mother getting a small uh, $400 uh, loan from somebody uh, you know to be paid back later doesn't matter how how big that is or how small that is. If it's ten thousand dollars or four four hundred dollars, it's still against the rules. Well, Andy. In addition to that, there there are reports that Tom Izzo uh, shared a few meals with the scout. So, oh, absolutely. So I, I think the thing to to consider is that the uh, the, the the doctor the Nasser scandal was horrible enough. Okay, and and that dumpster fire is not going to stop. And now you add uh, rumors and innuendo and, and links to a completely different scandal, and it it, it really doesn't. It, it's not a good time to be a Michigan State Spartan sports fan. Um, I think that you know it's interesting because when you had the scandal at Penn State, there were alums and people around the program who 
testified and basically said that the scandal actually hurt the university, even on the academic side. Um, alums were embarrassed to wear their, their, their sweatshirts. Um, uh, donations went down. So the question with what's happening at Michigan State right now is that the scandals are, are coming left and right, and if it was just one, you might be able to dodge it. If it was just you know, a tenuous link to a sports agent, um, it might not you know, pose a real problem. It would, may be embarrassing, maybe something they can deal with. The thing here is that it, it's coming from all sides, and you don't know if it's done yet. So, I mean, I have to say that as much as I, I really don't like Michigan State, um, this is not how I want to beat the program. This is not how I want to top them. Um, you know, with the, the number of, of female athletes that were injured by this and, uh, um, you know, the tarnishment of, of the Big Ten in general, this is not how I want to, you know, beat Michigan State. This, you know, I, I take no joy in how this is, is, is happening. Um, and again, having gone through, you know, our own scandal here in basketball at the University of Michigan, um, it, it's it's not a fun thing to go through, and you would have hoped that they would have learned from from the disaster that we had here with the Fab Five and and uh, the Ed Martin scandal that they would have been watching things very closely and that that things would have been resolved. So, well, that's going to do it on that. Um, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.